Dear sisters and brothers, Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Oh, we need to try that one more time. (laughs) Sisters and brothers, Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There you go. It's Easter Sunday. It's a day for joyful proclamation. Every other day of the year, we may be reticent, reserved, the quiet in the land. Every other day, we may check over our shoulders to see who might be listening. Every other day, we may keep it down, tone it down, hold it in, plug it up, put a cork in it, zip our lips, and watch our mouths, but not today. Today is the day of new beginnings. Today is the day of resurrection. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. There's going to be a whole rhythm thing here, so just stay with me. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Today we sing and shout and praise the Lord with generations of Christians across history and with sisters and brothers around the world. Something big happened, the biggest thing ever. God's victory over death is complete. And in response to the sheer size and scope of what we proclaim, we do some big things of our own. Today is the day of the grand gesture. If every other Sunday we decorate the sanctuary with a single bouquet, today we offer a veritable ocean of scent and color and brilliance. If every other Sunday we sing with confidence, today we sing with gusto. If every other Sunday we have to drum up the motivation to come to church or work up the energy to pay attention to the sermon or exert our wills to be charitable and welcoming, today we leap out of bed and relish our breakfast and rehearse with the choir and hold our breath in anticipation of the song leaders choosing our very own favorite Easter song. Like Dorothy opening the door of her house and walking into a technicolor land of giant flowers and tiny people and great big shiny bubbles floating on the air. We enter the sanctuary on Easter Sunday aware of the brightness around us, the light, the energy, the beauty of friends whose faces we've seen countless times and strangers that we've never met before, the wonder of babies gurgling and cooing and crying in the background, the sheer pleasure of knowing that everything we say we believe is, in this day at least, unmistakably, irrefutably true like walking from our daily sepia-toned world into a world where the beauty of the rainbow is matched by the beauty of the very smallest thing. For Christ the Lord is risen today, and with our sisters and brothers through the ages and across the planet, we say yes, and we say amen, and we say hallelujah. For Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And yet for all the size and scope of this day, for all the grandeur and the color and the glory of Easter Sunday, Sometimes it is the very smallest things that catch your eye, like a snowdrop pushing its way free of cold ground, like the X's and O's at the end of a letter, like a little girl wanting to help her grandfather put out a candle, like a linen cloth all neatly folded up and carefully set aside in a place all its own. Every time I read John's account, of the resurrection, it takes my breath away. It's not the big signs. It's not the awesome and powerful signs like a stone too big for any single human being to move, now shoved aside like nobody's business. It's not the empty tomb itself, cold and austere and so big a mystery as to allow for many different kinds of explanations. Not even the other linens all strewn about the place, the untidy mess, which could have been made by grave robbers or angels alike. No, it's that smallest sign of all. A linen cloth that covered Jesus' head, not flung off carelessly, not left lying on the ground, but folded up neatly and set aside, treated with care and grace and maybe even love. That's what takes my breath away. 
a detail so small and apparently insignificant. It's the kind of detail that we can so easily lose against a backdrop that is so amazing. The kind of detail that, quite honestly, we don't usually expect from John, whose Jesus often seems cloaked in clouds and whose feet often seem to float just a few inches off the ground. But this one thing he recorded, this small sign of the resurrection, a sign not mentioned by the other gospel writers, a sign which, when someone first told him about it, maybe caused John, too, to catch his breath. That linen cloth which had been used to cover Jesus' head, not ripped off in triumph or torn off in rage or slipped off in haste, but carefully folded up and set aside. Have you ever walked into a child's room when the child is not around? If you have, I wonder if you were able to tell what it was that the child valued, what the child found most precious. There amid all the mess, all the clutter, all the piles of stuff all over the place, there's that one thing, a toy or a book or some other prized possession, set aside and carefully put away on a shelf or on the desk, that small sign of what the child holds most dear, that one thing that she's done her best to care for, to display in a place where she can consider it whenever she feels the need to be reassured that what is precious is never really lost. Perhaps it's the thing itself which is precious. Perhaps it's the memories it evokes. But there it is, set aside, carefully tended to, a small sign of the much bigger hopes and dreams and love that a child's body holds. Well, that's how that linen cloth strikes me, like the most precious thing in the room, though small and even insignificant. I can see the angel. I can see the angel who rolled that stone away, perhaps sweating golden drops from the exertion or the excitement of this one highest and best mission. I can see that angel duck its head to enter the tomb. And a second angel is there too and pushes past the first. And in its heart, the second angel treasures a word, one whispered to her by the one whose son the angel has come to awaken. The word is spoken gently. Also very gently, that word is spoken. Wake up. And the cloth which covered his face is lifted away. And the angel, in a gesture which reveals the depth of God's own love for this child now coming back to life, in all love and with the greatest care, the angel folds the cloth and puts it aside as a sign for whoever finds it there. Now the first angel is a bit less patient. He's more eager to welcome the Lord with an embrace, to look into those eyes that he last saw in the wilderness, Tears tears the rest of those grave clothes aside and tosses them away as if to say that death has nothing more to do with this one. And together they take the Lord Jesus away. And so it is that when the disciples came to the tomb, after being told by Mary that the stone had been rolled away, so it is that all they found there are grave clothes all strewn about. And in a place all its own, that linen cloth all neatly rolled it up and set aside as a sign, a small sign, a small sign of something too big to be imagined or believed, a small sign of resurrection. Sometimes it is the very smallest things which catch our attention, like a hand offered in welcome, like the wagging of a dog's tail, like the smell of old wool on a cold morning, like the sound of your name being spoken by a dear friend. Mary stayed at the tomb. She stayed at the tomb and wept. The boys had come and gone, left scratching their heads and all bewildered, but Mary stayed behind. 
Mary stayed behind and wept. She loved him. She loved him. There's, there's no other way to explain it. She loved him. And so the size of her loss was overwhelming, like a deep canyon with no exit, like a hole in her heart that she'd fallen into. Mary stayed at the tomb and wept. Now, two angels were there watching, two angels. And they asked her why she wept. And she spoke to them like she'd speak to her neighbor or the woman selling bread or the child making mischief outside her window. Like angels were ordinary things to be expected in the waking dream or nightmare that she now inhabited. But then she turned around and she saw someone standing nearby, some man, the gardener, maybe. He asked her the same question, why are you weeping? And she answered him the same way, though perhaps with a bit more longing, a bit more desperation in her voice. Please help me find the one I've lost. But when the gardener says her name, Mary, she knows who he is. When the gardener says her name, Mary, she recognizes him. He's Jesus. It's the one she loved, the one she'd lost somehow standing right in front of her, and she instinctively reaches out for him, but he steps back and says things to her then, these mysterious and strange things about having to go away again. And Mary went and told the disciples everything. Really, everything. The whole story of the world from that moment forward, captured in just a few words. I have seen the Lord. And here again, Here again, it's that smallest thing that catches me up, the small sign of resurrection, not the stone rolled away, not the sight of angels. It's the sound of her name which causes Mary's eyes to open. The sound of her name, so small a thing, really, but a sign, a sign that awakened her from that terrible dream, a sign of resurrection. Sometimes it's the smallest thing which makes us believe. Like grace shown against our better judgment, like a moment's freedom from what otherwise seems to bind us, like an open hand when everything else is closed, like a linen cloth all neatly folded, like the sound of our name spoken by one we thought forever lost. Easter is the day for the grand gesture the loud proclamation, the shouting from the rooftops, Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The stone was rolled away. The angels came and told us what we never thought possible. The tomb is empty. We rightly celebrate what happened on this day, and we rightly worship in capital letters and with lots of exclamation points and in bold print with all the bells and flourishes and whistles and noise we can make. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It is right that we worship this way and that we celebrate and give voice to all the hope we carry within us. Because too often it seems as though all the dramatic gestures belong to death. Too often it seems that all the loud voices are speaking of the triumph of death. Too often it seems as though all the color, all the lights, all the special effects, all the action in this world belong to the powers and principalities whose work it is to simultaneously make us afraid of death and to comfort us from that fear. Today of all days, then, we raise our voices and say that there is something deeper, something stronger, something more powerful than death, and that's something we proclaim 
made itself known in a garden cemetery near Jerusalem and to a woman named Mary and after her to a man named Peter and to his friend. That something we proclaim is in fact a someone, the someone, the God who raised Jesus from the dead, someone whom in so doing signified that death has been swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory. But even as I lift my voice this morning to sing the praises of the one who raised Jesus from the dead, and even as I shout hallelujah, and even as I am moved by the power of our corporate worship, I am also deeply grateful for such smaller signs, much smaller wonders, those little things, those little things which don't shout the truth, but instead whisper it in a way which stirs my spirit and so makes me believe all the more. And I wonder, I wonder if in the days and weeks and years that are left to me, I wonder if it won't be those little signs, those small signs, which sustain me. I wonder if it won't be those small signs which comfort me when I'm no longer capable of shouting. Because truth be told, even on Easter Sunday, sometimes I don't feel like shouting. Even on Easter Sunday, we may find it impossible to lift our voices, even on Easter Sunday, with the empty tomb standing there larger than life and that big old stone pushed off to the side and the angels shining brightly in our eyes, even then we're not always able to shout and sing and rejoice. Perhaps we're too caught up in the noise that's all around us. Perhaps we are still too close to death. Perhaps we're afraid and wonder if what we see can possibly be so. Perhaps all the big gestures and loud proclamations sound desperate to us and and more than we can bear. And I wonder, I wonder if it is in those times especially when it is the small things which draw us toward belief. The small things which by their very smallness catch our attention in ways that bigger and brighter and bolder things cannot. The linen cloth rolled up. The whisper of our name. The hand of a friend. The embrace of someone who knows what we carry. A piece of bread and a cup of wine shared in the company of the saints. Small things, small things, everyone. And yet sometimes at least, the very things which keep us believing. Well, sisters and brothers, I'll say it again. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is a day for singing and shouting and celebrating God's triumph over death and the grave. Today for proclaiming that Jesus Christ is no longer dead, that in his resurrection is the hope of the world. Today for giving thanks and in every way rejoicing along with all the saints always and everywhere. It's a day for bright and beautiful flowers and choirs and families and friends and guests and every other good and lovely and wonderful thing. Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for all of those of us who struggle to sing, for all of us who cannot shout, For all of us who want to believe but are not sure we can. For all of those for whom the grand gestures and the bright lights and the power and the glory are just too much to bear in this moment. Well, let us be glad, too, for small signs, for small offerings of thanks, for small whisperings of gratitude, for small gifts from the same one whose hand rolled away the stone, gifts like a linen cloth all rolled up, gifts like the voice which speaks our name and opens our eyes. Let us give thanks, too, for those small things and let us pray that they provide a place for us to stand when the big and the mighty and the powerful seem just too high for us to attempt for that linen cloth all rolled up is every bit as significant as the stone that was rolled away 
And that whisper, Mary, is every bit as wonderful as those two angels sitting in the tomb. Sometimes it really is the very smallest things which draw us toward believing and so make it possible for us, for all of us, to someday join, to someday join in the Hallelujah Chorus. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Amen.